Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark, the number two hockey podcast in all of New Zealand. This is episode three here on Monday, April 26th. And as always, we're coming to you live here on YouTube and on demand on your favorite podcast platform after a tough loss to the Ottawa Senators. My name is Parker Hallowell. You know me as Parker's Pucks. And I'm joined by my co-host, who's apparently running a marathon, uh, Nikita Trampkin's number one fan, Canuck Clay Emo. Hello, Parker. Nice to see you and hear you. Yes, I am Canuck Clay on Twitter and on YouTube. And we are number two in New Zealand. I wonder who's number, who could be better than us in New Zealand? It is a podcast I've never heard of. And I'm assuming they had like three people listen to their show in New Zealand. So I guess that's where we lose. But we're ahead of Spit and Chicklets. We're ahead of Puck Soup. So, you know, our one listener has done us proud. I love it. Which which country are we going to next, man? Who are we going to dominate next? Oh, we got some in Germany. Uh, I think we, I think we got to go sort of off the board. Let's, let's go for like a a South Africa or something. We need to, there can't be much competition. And (laughs) if we, if we're not in the top 100 of South Africa, we should just quit after three episodes. (laughs) We're going to need one listener in South Africa and we should be there. Um, Of course, this is meant to be a live interactive show. So if you guys want to be involved, you can of course leave questions, comments in the YouTube chat. Uh, You can also find all of our content, uh, all of our content by going to the little link tree in the description. Uh, You can find like our show links, our Twitters, YouTubes. Of course, they're also right down here uh, below our faces. Uh, So you can also Find us there and hit the like button uh, if you haven't already. Uh, on the show tonight, we're going to talk a bit about that uh, that really fun Canucks and Senators game that happened today. Uh, but we're not going to we're not going to spend too much time on that because there wasn't much that went on. We'll talk about Elias Pettersson's injury, Demko's injury, Roussel's injury, all these injuries, um, <laughs> the return of some players like Tyler Mott, uh, some coaching staff stuff, some around the league stuff. Um, so I don't know. Where do you want to lead off today, Clay? Well, let's. We can probably start with tonight's game since it's fresh, and then we can park it. And I, just before we press record, I actually said to you, Parker. I think you'd agree. I, I'm not upset. Actually, this should be expected. Yeah. We've won three of five since we came back. We played our five games. Now we're looking at our first back to back. But yeah, uh, as we talked about before we came on, they were running out of gas, and it really showed tonight. Yeah. No. the The energy level was clearly the issue. Um. And it's not like Ottawa had a ton of energy either. Uh, it was really no. just two teams that looked tired and uh, and slow. And again, this isn't something that we're like angry or blaming the Canucks for, <laughs> right? Like the circumstances where they went from basically you know three and a half weeks off to coming back. Uh, and then the thing is, they went and beat Toronto twice, and we're like, well, maybe there's a chance. But you know, you're on the fact of you know maybe it was adrenaline that they're running off of, right? Everyone's fired up to be back for the first game. Um, yeah. so, you know, they're starting to look a little slow. Um, but Olio Levy scored a nice goal. I guess that's a, yeah. that's a plus. Well, take a guess, Parker. If I had to pick between Olio Levy and Nikita Trampkin, who am I going to go I with? think you're taking the big man. No, uh, Olio Levy for sure. Yeah. 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 I've always, I've been saying, I really think, and I don't care who was drafted after. We know the narrative. Oh yeah. Fifth overall 2016 and all these good players drafted after. I get it. 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 I think he can be a solid second pairing D-man. He's never going to be a number one pairing, D, a, a top pair, but he could be a second pairing. I actually like a thought of Hughes, Yolevi Rathbone next year. I know that's really young. I know maybe that's a three or four years down the road, 
you know, triplet down the side. But I like I like Ulevi's game. He's solid. He's smart, and he can get pucks to the net like Hamannik, unlike Schmidt and Edler. Yeah, no, that was a, that was sort of a seeing eye shot, and that's one of those things. And I, I I even tweeted about this when it happened. It's like, look, at the beginning of the game, you could tell Hogberg was a little shaky. Um, yes. Like he didn't he didn't look great. He uh, he clearly wasn't. You know, he's not an excellent goalie. He had an eight sixty nine save percentage going into this game. Uh, and I was thinking, like, just just get shots on net, right? And especially yep. those ones where he literally couldn't see it. I think Howerluck had a really good screen there. Uh, there was yep. like five people just crowding the net. Yeah, shoot the puck, and if you can get it through, it doesn't have to be hard, right? If the goalie can't see it, doesn't matter as long as you're placing it in a decent spot. Totally, and there weren't a lot of clean saves. But I, firstly, I didn't even know that you're supposed to pronounce the G in his name. I've been calling him Holberg for the past uh, whatever. <laughs> so Holberg, Hogberg. I know it's a G. Okay. The one that Horvat gets through his armpit with 0.4 left in the second period. There are so many that they squeaked through or they weren't clean, but the Canuck, Ottawa, to their credit, did not let the Canucks get to the front of the net. Yeah, bounces were. Uh, I, I mean, puck luck is is the oldest excuse in the book, um, but it was it was a thing tonight, right? You had those two Hoaglander <laughs> chances like 10 seconds apart on those two two on ones with Horvat, right? You had the first. Tell one. me about the Parker. I, I was driving home. Yeah, tell me about them. Sure. I haven't seen them yet. So the first one. Uh, Hoaglander and Horvat come in two on one. Uh, Hoaglander doesn't make the pass over because the guy, you know, the defenseman sort of lies down the way. So Hoaglander shoots it and he rings it off the far post. Ottawa gets it out of the zone. And then like, I don't know what Ottawa was doing, but somehow they turned the puck over at center ice. And I look up again. I'm like, oh, it's another two on one with Horvat and Hoaglander. Horvat makes a really nice move on his man to the outside. So the one, the one D man, like as Horvat was coming in, the D man sort of pinched over to Horvat, so yeah. leaving Hoaglander wide open. Horvat made a nice little move around him, passed it over, and Hoaglander just, he he had in the entire six feet of net just staring him in the face. Gri- looked like he made grip the stick too tight, uh, just sort yeah. of just sort of chipped it, chipped it wide. Um, so things like that, right? Those Either one of those go in the net, you're looking at a different game. Uh, there's a bunch of things yeah. where there's the the one play that was sort of like a, a an innocent shot from the side and then it bounced and then it hit an Ottawa player and almost went in. Like there were so many little things that almost went the Canucks way. Uh, just yes. didn't tonight. And for both those two and ones, Parker, and thank you for your vivid explanation. Was it Horvat on the left, Hoaglander on the right, both times? Uh, no, first one was Hoaglander. Oh. First one was Hoaglander on the right and he shot yep. at far left post. And then the yep. second one, I guess they switched at center ice and it was Horvat on the right and he passed it right. left to Hoaglander. Same defenseman that had to defend it twice. <laughs> I don't remember. It, yeah, I have to look it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It happened so fast. I was still writing my notes from the first two on one, uh, and then I just went the other way. You, I'm impressed that you write notes. Honestly, like I, I watch your post games as well, and I, I'm impressed that you you're writing notes diligently throughout the game. I just pull up three websites and hope I remember what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, my my strategy. I usually have like five things per period or like whatever mm. any like goals or decent chances i'll write a sentence about it and then the just yeah. to sort of trigger my memory i have terrible memory when it comes to things like that the only reason i remember it is because i wrote it down so like okay, this, that's what we're talking that's about fair. right now it's because i i remember typing it so it's sort of the yes. that's where my memory comes from that makes sense yeah you know you can't really pick out any stalwarts up front maybe we should spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, we have like five, or, I, I know C edits and others have been talking about, we have five or six of the same player of VC Boyd, Harlock. Yeah. Um, the, it's the, uh, it's the classic, Hyman. the sea of Grandlands uh, as Bot yes. put it. Uh, so I well. think Mott, yeah, Mott's kind of elevates yeah. himself. And we can see the difference he makes when he's in the lineup, which is a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about any of these other guys. I know Heimer's the only one under contract with us, right? For another year. The other yeah. three are, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. I, don't I, I thought, so I think VC today came out yeah. good in the first period, but it was, it was weird. So the first period he's out there, he's on the, uh, he's on the Miller Besser line. I think he was. Um, so he, yeah. he got some, you know, he got elevated role. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, McEwen was their last game, but so Highmore, so VC goes out and he gets probably three good time, like good possessions of the puck, right? Where he makes like a nice move around someone and then he fell over. Like he, like he just slipped and then he had another one and he just bobbled the puck and lost it. And he had another one where he sort of cut into the, none of the backhand and he missed the net. And it was like, VC did everything right. He just had, he just, he was doing everything right mentally. And like yeah. positionally, and then he just couldn't like once the puck was on his stick, it was just all bets were off. Um, and then we saw his ice time just get slashed after that, right? He yeah. got so I thought he did things right, and uh, and then his miscues caused Travis Green to be like, "Hey, we can't have you out there just losing the puck when you're out here with with guys like Miller and Besser." Uh, and then I yeah. think he, I think he saw two shifts in the third period. Crazy and. And maybe we're seeing why Parker that he's bounced around to three or four teams yeah. now after being highly touted out of college, right? It's it's really too bad. You you'd hope that one of the they're like lottery picks. You hope one of them will stick, and who knows if any of them will. And I think it's a good strategy, right? If you can collect yeah. all these guys at yeah. no cap hit, basically, right? When you're because if you're under a million, you can just put them in the AHL and it doesn't count, right? I mean, basically, yeah. you're just worrying about contract limit at that point. Um, and right. the owner's money, which, you know, I don't care about the owner's money. I keep saying this. Um, but when you, if you're able to bring in, you know, a bunch of guys that make no money. So Howerluck, VC, Boyd, Mott, uh, that sort of whole crew there. And you get one of them that elevates up. It's worth mm-hmm. it. Right. And that's sort of what we saw with Tyler Mott, right? He's, he got a couple yep. chances and he showed that he's a, you know, a real, you know, an yeah. important piece. Five- yeah, five years later, he's still here kind of thing. Yeah, so, um, you know, and it's one of those things where you make the trade for a guy, in that case, Vanek, uh, that everyone hates, uh, but eventually you hit. Yes. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that shakes out, not only over the last 13 games, but over or whatever we have left, 14 games, and, and then, of course, the offseason. And then we got to see what happens in the blue line. we got to see about a lot of things, and I know we're going to talk about the not just the players, but the, the status of some of our coaches a little bit later tonight, too. Mm-hmm. So before the game, we mm-hmm. are, everyone's, everyone's happy. Everyone's like, Ooh, Canucks game tonight. And then we get the tweet. Hey, Demko's hurt. Uh, remember, yeah. remember, remember our, our third string goalie who hasn't played a game all year that we sent to Utica yesterday. Yeah. We're, yeah. Where's he right now? <laughs> wow. How inconvenient. <laughs> um, luckily it doesn't seem to be serious. So from what we've heard, okay. lower body day to day. Um, yep. the thing is Canucks are back to back Wednesday, Thursday. Um, right. So now you're worrying. You're like, okay, can he be back for Thursday? Are we, is Holtby going to have to play both, which I think would not be good for Holtby right now, considering he's playing well, you don't want to, you know, run him into the ground with those minuscule playoff chances you do still have. Um, (laughs) and, but do you want Archer's Seelovs in today or Seelvos as they put on his Jersey, which I thought was hilarious. It was on his Jersey and on the the lineup and on the lineup card. <laughs> my, it was, I my last name was hard. Yeah, it, it, it start, I was starting to think. I'm like, maybe everyone else just has his name wrong. <laughs> like, I was like, well, he would have noticed that they got the name wrong on his jersey, right? Um, but yeah. Besides the point, I, uh, the, oh. the Demko injury is worrying, um, just yep. based on the fact of how many day to day injuries have we seen that aren't day to day. That's what always scares me. And if it is lower body, 
what like is it a did he take a puck to the foot or the ankle yeah uh is it did he pull a groin did, yeah did he tweak something yeah. is it like could it you know tweaked his knee tweaked his groin a hip like yeah. you know it could be anything and those are you know, those are things that scare me because it's, you know, they're things that are like, oh, it'll feel better in, you know, four days. And then in four days past, yeah. and you're like, it feels exactly the same. Um, yeah. Generally, so, if you're a goaltender, you want to uh, have complete mobility in your yes. lower body. Well, I guess your upper body too, but everything. Yeah. Not the best news, not the best timing, exactly, given that DiPietro is now on his way to apparently finish off the season with a lot of games, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's interesting because you're right. Holtby is the one who who beat the Maple Leafs twice too. So you kind of wanted him to play. I was thinking you play, especially if Demko wasn't hurt, you could play Demko on Wednesday and then save Holtby for Thursday, a team, you know, a team that he's beaten twice in the past week. But all bets are off now. We could go Holtby Holtby. We could go Holtby Silas or Sivos or Hollowell and Emo. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to speak this into existence. But if if Holtby were to tweak something, like we just saw with the Sens, right? The Sens had Murray, and then he got hurt, and then they had whoever their backup was, and he got hurt, and then yeah. they, you know, they just they immediately you're out of goalies, right? Because you can you carry three. You have your two on your roster and one on the taxi squad. Um, yeah. And with Di Pietro gone, uh, and Demko hurt, so Di Pietro couldn't come back because he'd have to quarantine for a week. Right. So if Holtby were to, you know, tweak something or, or can't go, then you have Seelovs and no one else. You would just be yeah. out of goalies because you can't even bring in like an emergency backup because right. they they'd have to get into the quarantine protocol. So it's have you played goalie at any level of any hockey? Uh when I was in uh H three, so I would have been four, maybe five. Uh, we did a thing in minor hockey where they did, there weren't goalies. Everyone got to play goalie once over the course of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. we tied five, five. Uh, so yeah, that's I, pretty good. Uh, that was, you know, that was 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I still got it. Well, that, okay. Cause, Cause I don't, I have two very quick goalie stories. One of them, my cousin Dusty, who I've talked about many times here. In fact, I'll get, I'm going to be lobbying for him if Ian Clark doesn't come back, but my cousin Dusty, uh, NHL goalie coach, he, um, whenever he used to come over and play street hockey, I think he would take out Parker, his frustrations on me. Cause he would line up slappers from 10 feet mm. away from me. And I don't think I was wearing any pads. And I don't, I don't think that's very nice. He's four, four years older than me and older cousin. So I guess he got, he, you know, he was the boss. So that was one story. The other one is on our roller hockey team. We had one game where um, our goalie was late, right? So no, our goalie didn't even show. So instead no. of forfeiting the game, it, in theory, technically, you're you're playing five skaters on four, right? Oh, my Siri just went on. I don't know mm. when I said theory, it thought I said Siri. <laughs> but uh, so we went five skaters on four, and they put the fattest, slowest guy, the furthest guy back, right? So I was like a quasi goalie. So so anytime one of the other team members, opponents would get around our D, I think they'd actually feel bad for me, Parker. Like they yeah. they could wind up and take it, yeah. but they didn't. They would try and wrist one past my my arm or whatever. Yeah. It was not. It was not the best showing, that's for sure. Yeah, no, we've had that before too, where we've in ice hockey, where we've just been like, yeah. all right, our goalie, our goalie will be here to start the second period. Uh, we're six on five, <laughs> and we won that game. So you know, we wow. didn't, we actually didn't get scored on. Um, we were not against a good team. Well, when that goalie showed up, though, you should have told him just. Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> it was only one nothing though. We didn't want to risk it. Okay, um, okay fair enough. Also, uh, Roussel also injured yeah. um what was the timeline on that was it two weeks 
or something like that. Innocent looking play too, right? Was it, it was like Marner Nylander that kind of backed into him, right? Yeah, I think I, I pretty much missed it, I think. Yeah, it, it's in the neutral zone. Totally innocent play. And Roussel, you never know, right? Because he likes to get his nose dirty. But yeah, it was, Um, and I, I don't even know if it was the knee that he had surgery on two years ago or mm. not. But they were saying two weeks. So you're right. You never know what the timelines these guys give us on injuries, i.e. Pedersen. So yeah. <laughs> And again, anything yeah. that's anything joint related, it, it, I just don't trust like wrists, knees. Oh, those yes. are, those are scary. Um, I again, don't do joints myself. Either, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, um, again, I, I mean, Roussel in the lineup, if he was in the lineup, does, does that make a difference in this game? I don't think so. Cause yeah. he probably plays six minutes at the most. Um, Tyler Mott returned uh, the last yes. couple of days. And you notice him right away. Uh, he had he had a couple of really good shot blocks today that I noticed, uh, and just yeah. just like he he works really hard, but he also has good stick work. Like you, we see him winning battles, and he's one of those guys that you know he just elevates everyone else he's on the ice with. Yes, and not only at even strength are making solidifying our bottom six, but on the penalty kill. Right, the the day he comes back on the Saturday game kill off all six mm-hmm. Ottawa power plays. That's no coincidence uh, yeah. considering we let in two out of four of the game pre- prior when he wasn't there. Yeah, no, he's so good. He's so good and underrated obviously. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the power play was, was, or the penalty kill was dismal before he came back. It was something like yeah. they were running like 68% or something the last few games before he was back. So yeah, definitely a big difference maker there. Yeah. Underrated. He's kind of like the, the Parker's pucks of, of the Canucks. Like, <laughs> People starting to know about him, starting to get some notoriety, but uh, we need more people knowing about this guy. Hmm. Well, thank you. Uh, anything else that we wanted to to hit on on this game or injury? No, I'm related? good. <laughs> okay, yeah, I I literally like I in my video I was like I it was just a boring game. <laughs> like there's only what uh, 53 shots total. Um, yep. not a lot happened. Speaking of boring games, I watched the, uh, while the Canucks game was like in a commercial break or intermission, I was watching the, the Habs and Flames game. That was mm. awful hockey. It was, was it? so I, I, and I saw a good tweet from, from Mr. Booth on Twitter. Uh, and it was like 20, it was like 20 minutes into the Habs Flames game. And that game started at three 30. So it was, uh, yeah. so you could watch basically the whole first period before the Canucks game. And he made a great point. It was like watching these teams. The Canucks have a chance because they just both looked terrible. And then we saw the Canucks Sens game. And I was like, oh, they look the same. Like, it's still not good either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they man, even match scores, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is a, it is four or it is three teams, the Canucks, Flames and, and, and Habs just sort of floundering their way, tumbling to the finish line. And the Habs will probably win that, that turtle race. Um, yes, and, yes. and, Toronto will probably just wipe the floor with them. Uh, unless, I mean, Tyler Toffoli is apparently the one of the best scorers in the NHL now. Yeah. Hey, Matt, does that, I've never asked you about that. Does that trade bother you? Uh, not trade. Does the fact that we didn't resign him bother you? Or do you kind of get it at the time and you're fine with it? And it's just, it just looks bad because he's got 25 goals. I think he should have been resigned for the money. Like if they could have paid the money that he got, then yes, yeah. they should have resigned him. And if, and which clearly they could have at that money. Cause he said, he's like, I want, I thought I was going to be in Vancouver for, for the rest of my career. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you, if you get, so if it's the multitasking problem where it's everything's day by day and everything is one thing at a time and yes. that shiny 
big defenseman over in Arizona that used to be yeah. so good and isn't anymore and is overpaid. It's just the like just having the blinders on on Oliver Ekman Larson uh, and just running out of time. Yeah, I mean, it's fun- yeah, it's funny you mentioned the multitasking, Parker, because I picture like for a Windows user, the Alt Tab, right, and you know mm-hmm. that you have four or five things open. I don't think Benning got four or five things open. Yeah. I think he just opens like one application. He at has time. he has Thank one monitor. Saying. He has one phone. <laughs> it's like in the old NHL games where um. Like NHL's like like I think like ten to fourteen, you would have yeah. a certain number of phones based on how good of a GM you were. He has one phone, oh, and he only <laughs> so on trade deadline day, if you had three phones or four phones, you could make so many trades, and you get yeah. so many offers. But yeah, no, it's the it's just running one out of phone. Time. And it's a cordless. Yes, it's not a cell phone even. Yeah, no, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where now look. I saw some people on Twitter saying, well, Toffoli's scoring all these goals against the Canucks and the Flames, right? Which is kind of true. But I saw a good tweet, and this is also, and this was from Sam on Twitter, uh, Sam Chang. And she said, Mm -hmm. uh, and she said, if if Toffoli had half of the points that he has this year, he would be third on the Vancouver Canucks. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a miss. It was a it was a big miss, and let's let's yeah. let's move on from that. Twenty five goals though, twenty five goals yeah. is crazy. Um, what was next on our list? Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about the off season, or do we want to go back in time? Your choice. Let's 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 stick with the negatives. Let <laughs> let's go on to the coaching staff. Um, All right. So coaching staff has been. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the off season, which I guess was like November December. And I remember yeah. listen, I would listen to 1040 and Rick Dollywell was on and he was saying and he was talking about how concerned he was that Travis Green didn't have a contract going into the season. And I'm just sitting there thinking like they've got so much time. There's no reason to not resign him. They're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And then the days keep ticking and yeah. it is it is April 26th uh, and they are running out of time. Now, tell me if you've heard this before, but sometimes this Canucks management group runs out of time. Oh, this has happened before. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, it's what I personally am not super attached to Travis Green. I think he is a good coach, uh, or yeah. maybe a fine coach. And I yeah. think there's a bunch of fine coaches out there. I think right. you could. I think you could do worse. I think you could do better. Um, if it is coming down to money, though, then yeah, then I've got a problem. Um, if, if he's your guy and you can't, and you can't pay him or you're just not making him offers, then that's where I have a problem. Now, Pierre Lebrun, uh, put out, Mm -hmm. I think it was this morning and, and quote, my sense on Travis green, I think there's an offer coming from the club. Will it be enough? He's earned a raise to be sure. I can't predict this one. So at least they're making an offer. Is it too late? Good question. I think I'm a bit higher on Travis Green than you are, and you're fine. You were very respectful. You said he's good. He's fine. Um, I I like him a lot. I think that the management really – they might not have shown it yet, but I, I thought they really liked him. I, I mm-hmm. think the players like him. They played hard for him. He showed a willingness to adapt and really be a strategist when it came to the bubble last uh, August, in July and August. So all that being said, 
I, I agree. And I remember hearing those interviews with Dollywell too, back in the fall. And you're like, yeah, we got so much time. And now we're sitting here at the end of April, which is crazy when you think about it. And then I'm not sure if it was you or someone said to me that his family doesn't even live here. They live in the States, like uh, that mm. he's here, but his wife and kid may be in the States. So there's a chance that maybe he is not um, super keen on staying here. Like, But that's just kind of speculation. Yeah. You got to think he might feel a little bit, uh, you know, done wrong by or whatever the term is. Uh, um, just that uh, lack of respect, maybe some of the players may have felt it last summer. I don't, I don't know, or or after the season in October, it's tough. I like him. I like him. I would love to see him back, um, but I, I'd be very interested. To, I saw that Pierre LeBron tweet, and at least if if you want Travis Green back, it's a little bit more positive than what we've been thinking the last two weeks. I don't know. Yeah. And what do you offer him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The my my sort of concern is if I'm Travis Green and I haven't been given a contract offer until late April, my contract's yeah. up my contract's up in a month and a bit, right? There's one thing to like if if it was last fall, job security is one thing, right? Basically, I have a year left on my contract, but I'm being offered a three, four year extension. That's really appealing to me because if I if something goes terribly wrong this season, I'm still secure. Right. Yeah. But now there's, you know, his contract's up in two months. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, if you're him, why, why, do, why would you want to resign? Right. Why not? Great point. Why not wait till, you know, July or when, I don't know when coaches contracts expire, like mid July or whatever, yeah. but why yeah. not wait a couple months and see what other people, what other teams offer you. Right. Like maybe, yeah. you know, cause uh, like we've heard, um, uh, I heard sure, Buffalo will be looking for someone. Well, I don't know if he wants to go there. I think he'd rather stay here. But I, uh, Arizona, for example, yeah. um, they they've said, or we, there's been rumblings that uh, I think Talkett's their coach, right, in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, there's been rumblings that that he won't be there anymore next year. I think his contract's mm -hmm. expiring. Or Columbus is likely going to need a new coach next year. Um, yeah. I don't think Tortorella is going to get uh, an ex or uh, get resigned there. Oh. So there there's going to be options, and there's going to be yeah. teams willing to pay. Um, for a coach who has a few years of experience, who has shown that he can lead a team um, and come back from adversity, right? We saw it uh, coming back into the bubble last year where the Canucks probably overperformed. We saw it coming back from COVID this year where the Canucks came out uh, like a cannon and, and, and beat the Leafs in, uh, twice. Um, yeah. I, I, think he's, I think he is well regarded around the league to the point where if, like if I'm him, I'm I'm waiting and and seeing like look the Canu maybe the Canucks are offering me two and a half million, well maybe mm -hmm. I'll wait maybe I'll see if someone else is offering three in uh, in a couple months time. You make a really good point that the way he can treat himself as a free agent is much like we talk about players when it comes to July first, and we've never really had to talk about this as Canucks coaches because it was Alain Vigneault for the longest time, yeah, and then the one year Tortorella experience, then Willie D for three, and now it's been Travis Green for three, but. Um, I, I agree with almost everything you said, except how much money is there truly going to be out there if, say, every team is indeed kind of suffering and watching their their pennies, what like the Canucks are. So, but I, I hear what you're saying about making himself more marketable. Maybe almost he can kind of play the field now a little bit and see what's out there. That is a real risk. That's a really good point. It's something I didn't think about. And now I feel even worse than before. So thanks mm. a lot. <laughs> And, and and to sort of counter that point of team, yeah. teams might be sort of pinching their pennies, but to sort of yeah. go back to that Arizona example, right? We're going into a mm -hmm. season where fans are going to be back in the stands. 
um, and and playoff revenue, right? You get a playoff game that's a, that's like worth a million dollars, right? Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. if you're Arizona, who is currently one point out of the playoffs behind St. Louis, and you're yeah. thinking, well, maybe a better coach would get us would earn us a couple extra points, and maybe that would push us into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. If if you can pay an extra million dollars for a shot at a playoff series where you're guaranteed at least two home games and maybe you go on a run and maybe you get seven home games. Right. And sure. you know, that's a lot of money in, uh, in, uh, yeah. in ownership's pockets. Uh, so I can see, you know, any team that's sort of on the edge or uh, yeah. something like that, you know, it could just be a smart financial move to, to pay a little extra and get a coach that you think will actually help. Good point. Hosting a home playoff game. I guess we have not experienced that since 2015. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Calgary series. Yeah. Willie D. We didn't we didn't get to host, yeah. Okay. Well, you better ask another question before I get really sad now. <laughs> All right, let's move I on. I came in in such a good mood, yeah. Let's go into <laughs> some good mood. 10 years ago today. April ah! April 26, 2011. Game 7. You were you were what? Like 7 years old? Uh, I was 13. <laughs> I was 13. Uh yeah. and uh Alex Burrows with a with a nice one to make it one nothing. Uh, Jonathan Taves puts every gives every Canucks fan a panic attack with a couple minutes to go. Man, I I I vividly remember that intermission, <laughs> like that the intermission to that overtime and the penalty kill and the uh, just the stress that I felt. The Patrick Sharp shot that he yeah. should have scored on that Luongo yeah, saved. Get all of it. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I like every time like I can, I hear both calls perfectly in my head. The Houston call, the Shorty call, both of them I can replay perfectly in my head. I watched them both again today. Just chills every time, but that like that that is that the biggest goal? Is that the most exciting goal in Canucks history or I guess the only comparable one is probably the Burray goal? Um, yeah, so and then what, you're right, and then maybe the stanchion goal uh, um, th- in third place. Yeah, you know it, it's funny you mentioned that um, Shorty was slaying the dragon, and and Houston was a perfect exorcism. day for an exorcism. Is that yeah. yeah okay? No, um, it's really cool to hear that perspective, Parker. And I was joking; I knew that you you weren't seven; you're at least thirteen <laughs> years old. You're at least a teenager in high school. Um, and if I may, I think you knew. I think you. We even though we didn't talk about this, I think you were setting me up for this. I was blessed to be at that game. Uh, that was my first year as a season ticket holder, right? That 2010, 2011 season. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. What was crazy about that game, Parker, is Burroughs was all over the place. He had a, he missed on a penalty shot. He yeah. was in the penalty box when in the, in the power play that in overtime that Sharp almost scored. He was the one who gave the puck away that led to the Jonathan Taves tying goal. He was all over that game. Yeah. Some good, some bad. But then obviously it it turns into amazing, the most amazing maybe moment in Canucks history. Yeah, that intermission, uh, my buddy Mike and I sitting right next to each other, 17 minutes, didn't say a single word. Yeah. Did not say a single word for those 17 minutes. Not because we believe in jinx or superstition. I, I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were stunned. Yeah. We were stunned. And that was the series we were up 3-0. Yeah. It was, it was the stress. It was, okay, well, they, get, they got us last year. They got us the year before, and then it was the after game three, thinking, "Thank goodness, we're finally <laughs> gonna do it." It's three yeah. one, and then it's three two, and then it's three three, and then we're in the third period. It's late in the game. Canucks are up one nothing, 
and they do it again. <laughs> it's like, no, this isn't, this can't happen. Like, it can't. Um, and it didn't. Thank, <laughs> thank goodness for that. Because that would have been, uh, and I, I remember Halford and Bruff were talking to Kevin BX about this, I think, last week. And, and they asked him, they said, would that have been one of the biggest collapses in hockey history? And I think it w might be, right? You're talking about a team that won the President's Trophy pretty handily. You're talking about yeah. a team that probably was the best team in the NHL that year, right? The Canucks were yeah. stacked, right? Like, yes. um, you know, probably like a top three goalie in the league. You have, you know, mm -hmm. two Art Ross winners. You have a Selkie mm -hmm. winner. You Like, it, like the, the list of accolades for that team was, was absurd. And to go up three nothing and basically be like, all right, it's in the bag, and then to almost blow it like that would have been that would have been tragic. You're right. They lose that game. Vigneault's likely fired. Yep. The the core is blown up, and uh, who knows? Now, granted, after 2020, uh, after 2011, they got bounced in the first round in 2012 and 2013. So it's not like mm -hmm. they had a you know a lot of playoff success after that. But of course, they they wouldn't have gone on that magical run. Yeah, Bieksa obviously he's a daily uh, sorry weekly guest with Halford Bruff this morning. I'm not sure if you caught it. He was talking about where a lot of players, a lot of fans are like, oh, I never got over that or. He says, no, that was the best time of my career. Yeah. That was the best group of guys. That was the best team I've ever been on. Sure, we fell short, and maybe he was minimizing it a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of like BX's attitude that way. I would like to think that's how I would react. Although, as you know, Kevin BX has blocked me on Twitter, but uh, that, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm over that now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it was nice to hear that, actually, that story today. Yeah, no, that was a good story. And and I think I heard during your stream that you missed the the other story, but we don't have to get into that. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> the, the Ryan Stanton story. Um, okay. Okay, where do we want to go next? It is, uh, we have 25 minutes I saw, here. Yeah, I saw PD. Let's talk about PD. I saw that in our show notes, sure. too. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. this was per Chris Johnson uh, on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Uh, I'm just sitting there innocently watching the, the intermission coverage or whatever. He's like, yeah, Pedersen's probably done for the year. Uh, but hmm. he prefaced it by saying Pedersen is making really good progress. And they are, and they are, and the Canucks are, I don't remember what the word they he used was, but like not enthusiastic, but they were, they were happy with the progress they were seeing. And yeah. then he followed up by saying, but he's probably not coming back <laughs> this year. And it's like, okay, well, we went from a, an injury that was day to day. And yeah. no one, we still haven't heard what it is, like, officially, even though I think everyone yeah. knows the wrist. Um, nice. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey, how do we, how did we get here, right? Um, yeah. But the other thing is, like I said, like, joints and stuff like that, like your wrists, mm -hmm. like, those are things where you, you tweak them and you think, okay, well, that'll be better in a few days. And sometimes they just don't heal right. Um, sure. So I'm assuming that's what it is. And I like that they're not, pushing him to come back because they could look at it and say 20% chance of the playoffs. Like look at a game like tonight. If Pedersen's in the lineup, we're probably talking about an entire different game, right? Th that game needed yeah. a Pedersen. Um, yes. But the fact that Canucks... So did Thursday night's game too, yeah. Most most games the Canucks could use Pedersen. <laughs> um, but we're looking, we're talking about a team where you have a coach who's working, who's fighting for his job. You have a GM who's in hot water. Pedersen playing would be big for this team, but... I don't know if it's either, you know, he's he is ba like bad enough that he just can't play or if yeah. they're holding him out.
because they've seen what happens to a guy like Besser, where Besser gets right. injured and his his wrist, like you you would see his wrist wrapped up for like a year and a half. Um, yes. And then he had the back injury, which obviously didn't help. But now we see Besser back at 100% and he's a whole different player, right? You saw the goal on Saturday. Was it Saturday? Mm-hmm. I lose track of my days. But that power play goal on Saturday, like that yeah. was that was vintage Brock Besser. <laughs> like it was yeah. for, I mean, for a 24-year-old, 25-year-old vintage is kind of, uh, kind of pushing it. But yeah. like it was, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a, if you're a goal scorer, your wrists are a little bit important. Uh, no, absolutely. And with Pedersen, I, I kind of hinted at this at a couple of my streams, but with Pedersen, you're right. We know it's a wrist injury. And when it's taken this long, then um, I had heard from people who are in the know that it's likely serious ligaments. That would make sense. So then I think the question becomes, is it going to need surgery? And my understanding, and I'm not breaking anything or not break, you know, is not being an insider here, but my understanding is, is they're deciding if it's going to be, you know, if it needs surgery or not. And if it doesn't, or even if it does and they push it, is it worth playing through right now? So uh, to me, that's what I see. When, when I see pictures of him on the ice trying to work, when I hear different stories, yeah, he's skating, he's doing well, but he might not do it. To me, that tells me that he's deciding if he's going to play through this or not or risk further injury. And um, it's not a question about his, man, you know, his manhood or his yeah. intestinal fortitude. It, it's what makes sense. At, at this juncture of his career and where the Canucks are right now. Yeah. yeah. My, my thought process is if it, if it does require surgery, I don't know what the timeline is. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's three months that he, yeah. that he'd be out of commission for. Right. And they're thinking, well, if we wait until the end of the regular season, then three months is still before the start of the next season. Right. So we can, yep. we can yep. put, we can push this off. And then if the Canucks are, you know, a point out of the playoff race with a game to go, then all right, we want you for the playoffs and it's worth you playing through. Um, But otherwise, you know, let's, let's wait it out until then. And then you can just get, you can get your surgery in the middle of May. It doesn't matter because you're going to be, you're going to be good by August anyways. And we'll be, we'll be fine for next season. That's kind of my guess going off of what you said. Yeah. So I've asked you, have you been a goalie here at a wrist injury? I haven't. I don't have. I have. I have bad wrists. My, oh. uh, I, I like. I can't. I can't do a. I can't do a push up with my palms flat. Even like they're just. They just don't. Wow. They just hurt all the time. <laughs> I, I think can't do a push up with my arm. So no, no, I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. Um. But it's not. It's not bad enough that like it, it wouldn't affect me playing hockey or anything. Right. Uh, it's. Right, it's just. Right. They just hurt if I bend them. Either way. But. Yeah. They're yeah. still strong enough. It's just weird. But yeah, okay. That's th- good. but they don't that's heal. Good. Like this was from a year ago, and they're still mm. they're just yeah. I'm I'm, I'm wow. aging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It says the 23 year old to the 46 year old. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I there's one other thing when we were talking about milestones and and anniversaries, and I, I I'm glad you brought it up. It, it didn't get a lot of play this year because maybe it's another year's past. But today is the two year anniversary of the passing of very popular. Uh, media member Jason Botchford. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did. Yeah. yeah, I made sure to put that in there because yeah. I was in um, I was in Mexico when that news mm. came out, and I and that that was a good way to 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 hurt the second day of my vacation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was 
you know, I I was a big fan of the Pravis and the Armies. Uh, that was you know that was appointment reading for me after every Canucks game, uh, especially once yep. it was the Armies. That's that was the reason I subscribed to the Athletic. I was like, sweet, yeah. this is content for you know midnight every night after a Canucks game or one a.m. every night after a Canucks game. That's just it's something to read, and it was always good because it was always. You know, the first half was talking about the game and, you know, people trying to get in the armies and provies and like and like posting cool and, you know, just fun stuff from Twitter. But then the last half, it was usually like an actual interesting piece of journalism. Um, totally. And it was it was one of those things where, I mean, if you see this in, in like Twitter replies all the time, but it's like, man, what would Botford be saying about this team right now? And man, yeah. like Highmore and Howerleck and VC and Boyd, like it's the Sea of Grandlands thing again, right? Like he, yes. it would be, it would be very entertaining uh, yeah. to to see all that. Yes, and and I, I think obviously he left a void with his passing two years ago, and I'm not sure if anyone has tried to because I don't think anyone could try to fill the void. But when you look at the athletes now, in are you still an athletic subscriber, Parker? Yep. Yeah. Okay. As I am. So you look at that and, you know, I, I, you know, Thomas Trance does a good job. I think he's, he is the closest writing style to botch. Um, Wyatt is just all over the place in, in a good way. Yeah. A lot of pop culture references that I don't understand, but he's very entertaining and Harmon's kind of a little more straight shooter. So it's a great variety there, but with, with, um, I don't know if they've really filled that void and maybe they've agreed that they, they don't have to, or they don't need to, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say, of all three of them, Drance would be the closest that has the ability to write like Bosch did and has the inside stories. Maybe that Bosch does, or at least um, has access to mm-hmm. uh, Drance being the most you know connected of those three. So it's kind of fascinating, but I, you're right. A lot of people talk about him all the time. A lot of people still pay tribute to him. And a lot of things we say or that have become, you know, pop culture, legend, folklore in Canucks, in Canucks world is because of him. Absolutely. Dickie Pete and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remembered because nah. I because I've been I've been listening to to Halford and Bruff since they got their own show, and he mm-hmm. would be on every Wednesday, uh, or they turned it into two days a week at one point. But he would be on for an hour once a week, and they yeah. called it the Power Hour, and it was just it was the best thing on the radio at that time. And yeah. that was like I was like, yes. all right, no matter. I was like, oh, it's Wednesday. Yep, I'm listening to this while I'm working or whatever I'm doing. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's 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 his style isn't really fillable. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's just like, it, it, he was so unique in the, in his writing style and his, his energy and, you know, his voice that, you know, had such a big impact on this market and on the team. But yeah. It's, and I, I remember when, when he passed and when they, and when they, you know, sort of announced the armies as what they renamed it to, they said mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, yeah, we're not like, we can't, this isn't a, a void we can fill. But it's a it's right. it's a void we can try to you know mend at least somewhat, uh, and it's right. yeah it's it's one of those things where that's not really it's not something he's not really a replaceable voice I would say right well thank you're right I had the order backward it, it, go, it went to the athletes to the armies not the mm-hmm. other way around right it's the yeah. armies right now yeah one last story about watch really quickly is um I didn't try hard I wasn't angling or pining to get into the the provies back in the day or whatever it may be but it's funny um. I was the butt of the joke on two 
podcast episodes with him and Jeff Patterson. And I, I loved it. He was such, he was so good to me, but yeah, they made fun of me once on the, on the day that I met Elias Pedersen at the all-star game. And another time they made fun of me when uh, I went at J Pat for asking a mean question to Louis Erickson. So they had their, their fun with me on the air, but he would always reach out and say, you know, we're all, it's all good fun. I said, no, it's all good. Any, any publicity is good publicity. He was such, he was very, and we hear that a lot from aspiring or even just guys that aren't, that aren't aspiring to be in the media, just having fun with this. He would always make time for, people that uh, would make time for him and that would ask genuine questions and want to get better. And uh, for that, yeah, I, he's very well missed uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I think Harm's a good example of that Harm and dial uh, yeah. his, like he was, he was sort of botch's prodigy, uh, yeah. I guess, so to speak, right. His, you know, everyone would really say like, if, if you were like trying to get into the writing field, uh, you know, yeah. and you, you ever DM'd botch a question, he would always yes. help. He would always answer. Uh, and that was, and that yeah. was that was sort of his thing, and uh, you know it's something that you can't really replace. Cool, and even someone like Wyatt the Stanchion, who who is also very um, mentored and touched by Botch, organizing Botch's bench and little things yeah. like that, um, speaks to how much people loved him for sure. Now I'm glad you brought that up because it I, I don't know about you, I'm surprised at how little play maybe because it's the same day as the and it's the ten year of yeah. the slaying the dragon as opposed to the eight or nine. I was surprised that it didn't get more play in the in the local media today. Yeah, that is true. I, I'm, yeah. Sh- yeah, I think, um, I guess it wasn't on the broadcast, which is sort of where it would have been gotten that play. Right. Uh, and it might've just been a thing that, that got missed, right? It's one of those things yeah. where, you know, not everyone remembers those dates. I, I didn't remember the date. I, I forgot it was the same day as the 10, as the, as the Burroughs yeah. goal. Um, but it's one of those things you see it on Twitter and you're like, oh yeah, that wasn't like, I remember like, yep, that wasn't in April. Like I remember that at least. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah. also, yeah, it's crazy. It, you're checking your, your, your phone in Mexico though. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I just went on, I just opened up Twitter and it was like yeah. just blowing up and I was like, Oh, like that's yeah. It, it was a, not the best day. Yeah. 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 Well, we hit our magic 1045. Do you want to jump into the comment section now? Sure. Let's, uh, let's send the request out. If you guys have okay. any, uh, if you guys have any topics you guys want us to hit on anything we haven't talked about yet around the NHL, anything like that, we will do so. Uh, but while we wait, uh, just wanted to do a quick sort of chat around the NHL. I don't know if you've been, I don't know if you watch anything other than the North division. Cause <laughs> I personally don't right now. Um, the Honda West division is, uh, yeah. is a pretty interesting one and it's, you have three teams that have already clinched because they are so far and away higher than everyone else. <laughs> Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota. And Minnesota has been a dark horse this year. Uh, a really yes. solid team, especially with Kaprasov. But then you have yep. this sort of brewing battle between St. Louis, who is you know yep. the cup champion uh, from a couple years back. And then you have Arizona coming out of nowhere, uh, seemingly with no one on their roster other than Connor Garland. Um, and they're up there just one point back, but St. Louis has two games in hand. So we've got, you know, sort of a battle brewing there in the, in the Honda West division. Yes, yes, yes. No, um, you're right. Minnesota, we knew Vegas, Colorado would be good. We didn't know Minnesota would be this good. It's very surprising. Still think St. Louis ends up taking Arizona out. They have a few games in hand, but, and they're basically even in the standings, but, uh, yeah, as we go through the divisions really quickly, I've always said it's not a perfect a perfect exercise but there's like a big three in each division so you just name mm. vegas colorado minnesota let's go to the the central where we know the big three there yeah. are carolina florida and tampa but yeah that and there it's nashville and dallas battling out dallas really had a slow start because of covid mm-hmm. what do you like who do you like of those two teams i oh i don't know i think i, I think dallas is a better team 
than than Nashville is. But again, they they kind of struggled with COVID early on. I just also want to talk about Carolina. I remember going into the bubble last year because uh, they were playing against the Rangers in uh, in yeah. the play in. They were they looked so good. <laughs> I don't know if the Rangers are just bad, but I, I I picked Carolina to come out of the East last year after seeing them uh, after seeing that performance. I'm not surprised to see them uh, contending for the top of this division. But yeah, Nashville and Dallas, I I don't really like either of them to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I like Dallas's goaltending a little bit more. I just I'm a, I'm a big Hudobin fan. Um, but I think they'll squeak that one out. They have two games in hand, two points difference. Like it's really, it's a toss up, but I, I'd lean Dallas and North. We don't have to talk. We know who's uh, the big three supposedly in the North are Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg. And because we've talked about the other four teams and then that leaves the East where they have a big four, actually a Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Islanders and Boston, all with winning percentages, points percentage over 600. That means you're a good team. Yeah, it really does. And that yeah. division is a just a slaughter fest. I mean, Pittsburgh is on <laughs> Pittsburgh is on a ridiculous run right now. Um yes. basically just coming out of nowhere. They were like fourth and fifth in the division. Now they're first um by yeah. a point. Um I'm surprised to see the Rangers this high up. Like they're four points back of Boston. I mean, they're yeah. Boston has two games in hand, but they have a reasonable shot if Boston, you know, str- like stumbles a little bit. I mean, we've seen that yeah. Adam Fox on the Rangers is just Crazy. turning like a genuine Norris candidate, maybe the front runner right now. Um, yeah. You know, especially I think if the Rangers get into the playoffs, Adam Fox runs away with the Norris. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I, I, I would love it if Boston fell out <laughs> at the end here. Uh, but yeah, when you look at how stacked these four teams are and then the rangers able to close that gap on them potentially it's uh it's definitely a battle we got there and we'll save uh we'll save our um what was i gonna say i was our plans like um not only for here on connects after dark but our own channels i'm not sure if you've actually thought about parker if the connects end up not making the playoffs how are you going to fill all this time Yeah, that'll be on your channel. Oh man, I don't. I, I we we gotta hope for a lot of trades. Uh, we gotta hope yes. for a lot of news. Um, yeah, I I think we'll uh, we'll start going back to the old film analysis, well, but start doing some maybe yeah. some retros. Uh, that's you know cool. maybe like the Burroughs goal or some things like yeah. that. I think that's sort of my plan. Um, now on Monday night, hurricanes after dark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're we, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll maybe we'll each bandwagon a team. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be some some good content. Uh, we can maybe we can we can get some sort of a maybe a little bracket going against each other and uh yeah get some get at least some fun competition in we'll have to figure something out for Mm -hmm. sure all right have you if you no, i have not looked yet (laughs) all right let's take a quick look uh this is a fun one from justin here i'm sorry if Mm. all the people whose questions i'm skipping this is just the first one that caught my eye uh mcdavid versus crosby at their prime who would you start a franchise with uh, at their prime, I take Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat, but man, McDavid's... Oh, he's so good. I think McDavid is a better offensive player by a yeah. by a decent margin. I mean, we're looking at yeah. it this season, right? The guy has 80 points <laughs> in <laughs> in like 40-something games, like that, or maybe 50 games, like high 40s. Yeah. Either way, he's on pace for 99 points over a 56-game season. That's sure. ridiculous. But we see what Sidney Crosby has done, right? His yes. resume. He is an, he's a great all-around player. Like, he's he's the definition of a grinder, 
but yeah. he's so much better than everyone else that has that role. Yeah. Um, you look yeah. at it, leadership, everything you, you got, you got the cups, you've got the yeah. 2010 gold medal that, you know, was that he was a huge part of. Um, and it's, it's such a fascinating question too, because they're obviously, while they're still playing in the league at the same time, their primes didn't match up. And right. you put Connor McDavid on that team that, you know, that Crosby's played on, maybe he does just as well, but I don't know. I, I still take Crosby over McDavid just by a hair, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Crosby's probably the better. And I, I think it's just too early for McDavid. If we see McDavid for the next 10 years putting up 130 points, then you know what? I'll probably change my tune. Um, I'll because, come back to you in 10 years when you're 33 years old. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we've got on our list here. Uh, Calder debate between Jason Robertson and Kirill Kaprasov. Yeah, you know, maybe it's because I have Kaprasov in in my keeper pool, which was which is a actually it's a, a great a move by me. Yeah, but uh, um, I, I just like what he's doing. I, I think he's uh, he's dangerous every time he touches the puck. So I would I would lean towards Kaprasov. Yeah, I do too. And the thing about we you can have this sort of age argument uh, till you're yeah. out of breath, but. Given the criteria we have, which is both yeah. of them are Calder eligible and the only criteria is most outstanding rookie. Yeah, it's Kaprasov. Uh, just like Robertson's great. He's he's I think he's only like two points back on Kaprasov. The goals to assist ratio is a lot different. Kaprasov's got a lot more goals. Mm. And you just look at how how much Kaprasov has changed the wild, right? He is like yeah. just adding him. He is so electric. He's so exciting. And now the Wild are, you know, securely, they've already clinched a playoff spot with every team in the, the division having nine or 10 games left to play. Like, that's yes. a, that is a huge game changer. Now, Cam Talbot's also a big piece of that. But yeah. we're seeing, you know, a a real, this this kid's going to be a stud. Like, he is, he is so skilled. He's so exciting to watch. He is... The they've been the, known as the Minnesota Mild forever, right? There's been no reason. <laughs> there's been no reason to watch Minnesota games. They've always been super boring, but now they have a player who is electric and exciting and fun. And I think that alone uh, just puts him on another level. But you know, I'm just looking. I, I this Jason Robertson kid. I had no clue he was so good. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at his stats. Maybe because I don't follow the, that division in Dallas. Yeah. And he's half Filipino, so I, I'm surprised they didn't pick half the Asian guy, actually, honestly. He's, hmm. wow. Wow. I didn't know he was that good, man. Yeah, no, he's he's doing really well. Uh, and I think, you know, he's definitely helping uh, Dallas sort of hang on in that race with Nashville, right? You think he's out of the lineup. Yeah. That's that's a lot of points you're taking off the board. Absolutely. No, that's that's a great question. Who asked that one? That's a good question. Um, Somebody did. Okay. <laughs> uh i Thank think you, somebody. yeah i'm sorry i should i should be reading the names as i uh as i do this it was c edits uh so thank you Very for good. the question i had another question uh thoughts on cole lind and i already lost this one so uh, so i saw this i know nothing about discord you know i i've told you i don't understand discord i don't understand tiktok i don't understand snapchat but whatever but i did see in your discord that you had a conversation with someone about maybe Colin possibly getting a lineup today. Yeah. So it came, uh, this was battle mode Bainbridge, by the way, who, who brought up, will they actually mm. play Lind or not? So I kind of just extracting okay. uh, off of that, yep. but it came out or Cox PR tweeted out 
um, that Coland was on an emer on emergency recall from the taxi squad, basically, right? Okay. So being on emergency yeah. recall doesn't take up one of your recall slots, um, all that good stuff. Um, and my thought process was, well, why bother recalling him if he's not going to play, right? If you're just going to scratch tonight, then what's mm -hmm. the difference between having him on the taxi squad or having him on the active roster? Um, so right. my thought was, well, if they went through the if they went through the paperwork of of activating him, um, I don't know if it's a paycheck thing. Maybe if he's on the if yeah. he's on the NHL roster, he gets NHL money instead of his his uh, AHL money right. from being on the taxi right. squad. Maybe that's it. All. Maybe they're just sort of rewarding him. Um, that could be part of it. Um, or maybe there's mm -hmm. some some fine print I don't know about where they need to have X amount of players on the active roster and they needed one more uh, and that might have been their reasoning. Uh, I just thought, well, maybe if they're, you know, going through the the work of activating him to the active roster and off the taxi squad, then maybe we'd see him tonight. And at this point, why wouldn't you want to, like, why wouldn't you play him when you have guys like Jimmy VC playing two shifts in the third period? Like, clearly, <laughs> clearly you're only putting him out there to, to fill ice time. Uh, Howard yeah. played 10 minutes. Boyd played 10 minutes. Uh, although mm -hmm. Boyd's a center, so a little bit different. Uh, Vertanen yep. played 12 minutes, although he had five minutes in the box. But okay, that would have yep. taken one shift away from him. Um, like, why not? Why not see what you have? If, if, especially since the hole that the Canucks are trying to fill right now is a top six winger, right? Yeah. We've seen them try. They tried Highmore last game in that top six yeah. spot. They tried. Um, who was it today? McEwen. Uh, they well, tried McEwen, McEwen last game. They yeah. tried VC again today. Um, yeah. If if that's the hole you're trying to fill and you're looking for someone who can play some offense, yeah. give Cole Linda look. That's that's his mo, right? That's that should be what right. you're what you're trying to do. And let's say we come back with PD Miller, Besser, Horvat, Hoglander, and Pearson. Then Podkolzin's in there fighting Hoglander for that second right wing, which is fine. And then let's say you have Mott, so that's eight for sure's. You need a center. You need a three-line center if Sutter is going. Um, Colin, let's say. So that's already nine. And then some combination of Highmore, Roussel, Beagle, McEwen, whoever on the on the bottom, Harlock, whoever comes back. I would love to see Lind and and Potkols in the lineup. Then you're, you're two more ELCs, Huglander there too. So that you're paying basically three million a year for those three guys for the next two seasons. That's good. But you're mm -hmm. right. We want to see Colin get some action. And why not? He's got this, he's got the size. He's got the hands, um, a tantalizing, uh, you know, prospect that we haven't had a chance to see yet. And is he going to be that much worse than a Jimmy VC or a Highmore or you no? Know, you can't be insert. No, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, yeah. insert name here. Like, is it really yeah. gonna? Is it gonna kill your team? Is it going to cost you a game? Probably not. If it, like it's, it's as likely to help you as it is to hurt you. Uh, and I mean, even if it doesn't help you in that game. It helps you know what you have in Cole Lind, right? He could come out totally. and he might not score any goals, but you might be able to watch him and be like, oh, this guy can play at an NHL level. Or you can look at him and be like, yeah. this guy doesn't have it, right? Yeah. Whichever it is, it's useful information. Uh, and it's one of those things yes. where knowing, <laughs> you know, it's one of those times where if it's not going to hurt you to know, you might as well try to figure it out. Well said. Well said. Man, can't wait. But I don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, hopefully you want soon. To do one more. Yeah, let's get one, one more. In. Want... This one's on you. Then okay. you got to find one. Okay. Um... <laughs> Justin says, "Oh no, what? Here, yeah, no, who cares? No, no, no. Justin has a question yet. Who wins a cup first, Seattle or Vancouver? 
it's uh this is a this is a painful question to ask this is the this is my i'm glad we're ending on this one um i the thing is if we just go off of statistics um vancouver has won the stanley cup zero percent of the time and seattle is an unknown number now that unknown number is likely going to be higher than zero um and you're talking about i mean do we see this management group leading the canucks to a stanley cup i personally don't you know and, and let's say they're here for three more years well that's you know that's edge seattle um seattle is getting you know they might we don't know how they're going to compare to how vegas did but if they are anything comparable then they will be leaps and bounds uh, in the lead here i think it's one of those things where it's it's as 50 50 as it gets because do you see either of these teams winning the cup in the next four years probably not right the odds are so low well we don't know what's going to be going on four years from now right it's going to be both completely different teams so i think these questions are always weird whenever you see them get pulled up on like tsn where it's like oh we pulled this many people and this is who's going to break canada's drought on the stanley cup well i could have picked any team and given you a good reason for it right i could i could say well it's not going to be toronto because i don't think they're going to win the stanley cup in the next two years because the odds are so low just because you know one in 16 if they make the playoffs uh, which yeah. you know maybe maybe ten percent chance of winning the cup this year and or and the next year and if they don't yeah. then they have to rebuild eventually right and then they're at the bottom yes. of the list and it's just like you can it's your your pick sure. is as good as anyone's. I like to think Parker that other GMs have learned from the Vegas experience three years ago, so I don't think they will allow Seattle to build their team as quickly as Vegas did. I don't think that Seattle is going to come out of the expansion draft and their entry draft with uh, a core like Demko, Pedersen, Hughes, you know, Horvat and Besser. So I, maybe because I'm a homer, maybe because I'm not wearing a Seattle Kraken shirt. I still, although Inferno thinks that I'm going to go to, uh, I saw that hmm. comment. He thinks that I'm going to jump. When we were talking about the, the bandwagons, yeah. he thinks that I'm going to jump to the Kraken, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. I still, uh, if I had to pick one, I maybe I'm a homer. I still think Vancouver wins a cup before Seattle, but that's maybe I'm just being biased. Now to and, counter what you said about how GMs yeah. are going to learn about yeah. just from Vegas. Remember after that, remember the reception after that Vegas expansion draft? Yeah. Everyone thought that team was going to be useless. Everyone yeah, thought true. this team is draft. This is a draft lottery team for the next three years. Right. That's true. And you look at their core, William Carlson, yeah. Jonathan yeah. Marchessault, uh, like all Riley these, Smith. Yeah. yeah, all these guys who you had you had barely heard of. It's like, oh yeah, these are th- mm-hmm. you put a bunch of third liners on a team, and they show up, <laughs> and they all just pop off, and they just you know go yeah. and Wild Bill scores forty four goals or whatever it was. Like, it's yeah. one of those things where probably a fluke because of because of just you put a bunch of random guys together, and they happen to gel really well and and work really well as a team. Um, yes, but. Is it a replicatable, replic, whatever, replicatable fluke? Can they do it again? Can it be done again? (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. If if it's something that that they can, they if they that they can replicate, uh, then then you know, then they're they're gonna do their best, right? They're gonna if I if I'm Seattle, I am studying everything that uh, Vegas did, and I'm saying, okay, let's follow a similar formula and try to do it better. Uh, and Does that mean they're going to take Lucas Visa from a team? 
Wow, that would be an impressive. Maybe they'll go Ben. Maybe they'll take Ben Hutton from the Maple Leafs. That'll be their. There you go. That'll be their play. Uh, anyways, anything else you wanted to chat about here? No, I'm good. I just, uh, yeah, the CTV thing. I was able to share my fandom. I don't know if it's going to be on tomorrow, but uh, if it is, um, I, I tweeted a, a sneak peek out. Um, we'll see. And th- that interview just about. Being a Canucks fan during the crazy year, it might go out on CTV. Now I might share that through through my channels, but uh, yeah, that was a cool thing that, that happened today. But we'll um, I'll share that as it comes out. Otherwise, no. I was looking forward to this all day. I wish we had, we're talking after a Canucks win. This is our first, yeah, because the other game got postponed, right? So this yeah. is our first Monday night. Dang, game day. Oh for one. Oh for yeah. one. You know, we'll uh, we'll get them next time. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, that's all we've got for this one. You can see, find all of our, uh, all of our links and everything in the comments down below. If you missed any part of the show, it's on YouTube. It's recorded. So you can just rewind as we go here, or you can listen to the audio version on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a review on Apple podcasts. We're number two in New Zealand. Get us up those charts, folks. Uh, just go and listen to it again, because it was an excellent show. Of course. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Parker's Pucks on YouTube to search Parker's Pucks. You can find Clay at Canuck Clay. Search Canuck Clay on just search for our names. They'll show up. If you yeah. search if you search Canucks and just scroll for a while, you'll probably find us as well. Uh, one of our videos. Um, yeah. A little so yeah, bit down in the page, but that's okay. A little bit down. But anyways, <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next Monday at 10 p.m. Make sure you're subscribed to the Canucks After Dark channel here so you get notified when we go live. Hit the like button. We're at 25. Get those up uh, as we sign off here. Clay, anything else you wanted to hit on? No, thank you, Parker. This was a lot of fun as always. And um, I think now the Canucks played four times in the in the week that since we last recorded and they went two for two. I mean, sorry, two and two three and two overall. So I, I just think, yeah, I'm not going to give be too hard on them. I think what they're doing is very courageous, very admirable, very valiant as you, as the word that you like to use. And I think as long as we have that proper perspective, it'll help us as fans, as analysts, as vloggers uh, navigate these last four weeks of the season. So we'll see what happens back to back. It's going to be big and we're going to have a lot to talk about next week for sure. Absolutely. All right. That's it from us. We will see you guys around. Have a good one and good night.